girl. Welcome to the Empower Her podcast, where we are all about taking purpose-driven action toward building lives we really freaking love. My name's Keisha, and I'm an entrepreneur obsessed with giving you actual tools to help take you from where you are now to where you want to go in your life, career, and relationships. And this podcast is all about real talk and having some fun as we share incredible stories, tips, and tricks to help us get out of our own way and unapologetically make some moves. So girlfriend, let's do the damn thing. Girl, you are going to freaking love today's podcast episode. I'm so happy that you clicked on this because this is a live recording with one of my favorite people. He actually spoke at our first Empower Her live event. He came back again this year and we did a live podcast recording in front of an audience of a few hundred women. And if you're not familiar, his name is Trent Shelton. He's been on the podcast several times. He's actually my favorite podcaster personally and speaker. There's nobody that lights a fire under you like Trent Shelton does. And we talk about all different topics in today's episode. We talk about tough seasons and how to really navigate that, knowing when it's time to pivot, how to set up like standards and principles in your life with people around you so you can protect your peace. And what you're really going to love is you see a super goofy side of Trent, which like he's such an inspirational speaker and he's just such a powerhouse. But like seeing him just giggle so much that I literally like almost peed my pants. You're going to love it, which is also why I would encourage you, if you haven't yet checked out our YouTube channel, we just started launching episodes, including this episode, where you can actually see Trent and I sitting together on a couch. And I think it's just going to help you like see a different side of him that you're going to love. But truly, this episode has something for everyone. And I think you're going to take so many juicy nuggets from it. I cannot even wait to hear what you think. So as always, if you're vibing with this episode, tag me, tag Trent on Instagram. It's always so cool to hear what particular like parts of the episode resonated with you. And without further ado, let's just dive right in. This is a juicy one. We're going to do a little podcast style with Trent for a second here, because obviously you can hear, like, it's so amazing. Does anyone else resonate with this? When Trent talks, I'm like, it's like a rap flow spoken word. I'm just like, (laughs) what the hell is he going to say? It's going to be good. So I thought it would be fun to do a little Q&A here. Cool. So You mentioned that you're in a protect your peace season right now. And I think one of the things that I want to normalize is changing seasons, right? You don't always have to be in this hustle season. There's so much pressure and a lot of us feel that way. Um, How did you identify that you needed to change seasons? And what type of advice would you give to someone that's going at a pace that no longer makes sense for their life right now? Yeah. So that's a great question. And, um, it's crazy you asked that question because actually I meant to talk about this. Uh, I realized because I got time to slow down and look at my life. And I ask myself this question all the time. Like if I keep going like this, no matter how successful I am, how am I going to feel when I get to this destination? Am I going to be depleted? Am I going to be happy? I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to be more energized. And the truth is I realized that so many things in this race of life was controlling my pace. And I want you to think about that. Some of us have a pace, right? And we know if we run somebody else's race, which we do because of comparison, all the things, and even me, like, I'm not immune to comparison. When I look online, I'm like, dang, I should be doing that. I should be doing this. In the times in my life when I got out of pace, I end up being burnt out. Like, I protect my pace. So in the morning, I'm the turtle, and it's cool. 
right? I am, and, and it's okay. And some people might not get that, but I protect my pace. That's the pace that makes me run an efficient race where I can set world records in my life. So I realize that, but sometimes my pace looks like, you know, the road runner. And I'm in that season right now, even though I'm protecting my peace, I have so many things, books and, and speaking engagement and events and all the things, and I'm able to run at this pace because I protected my pace in the seasons and was disciplined with that and setting boundaries in the seasons where, you know, it was hard to slow down mentally, but I knew I had to slow down because my spirit was telling me that. So good. So how do you determine if you are in a season right now, for some women in this room and that are going to listen into this podcast, they're in a season where they're actually like, they're ready to go for it. They're a roadrunner <laughs> season or whatever, right? Um, how do you determine what to say yes to and what not to, especially right now at this level where you are getting opportunities out the yeah. wazoo, how do you know what is aligned? Well, that's the thing you just said, internal alignment. So externally, it could look great on paper. It could be the speaking engagement, it could be the speaker fee, the money, all the things, and it looks beautiful on paper. If I told y'all some of the things I turned down, you'd be like, I don't know if I'm going to turn down that. You know, but internally, I didn't have peace with it. And I can't explain, like, the feeling, but y'all know. Like, your intuition says, this ain't right. And every time I went against this ain't right, I realized that it wasn't right, and it cost me a lot. So I always go back to my principles and standards. I don't budge with those things. This sounds kind of cold-hearted, but I always say I would rather be viewed as cold-hearted and live broken-hearted. And I'm not going to break my heart by saying yes to things and saying no to myself. So you got to disconnect from that idea that you have to say yes to everything. So for me, my principles are in place to protect me. So my principles say, you know, X, Y, Z. And even if my emotions are saying, damn, X, Y, Z, we're going to get it. My principles are in place to protect me. So I don't even... I think sometimes, Keisha, we feel guilty for saying no because we feel like we're saying no to the person, right? It's like we're saying no to that thing and we feel bad. We feel the worry and the guilt. But for me, I switched it. I don't say no to people, right? My principles say no to them. So my principles make the decision for me. So it takes, I mean, it's kind of a cop-out, but it takes me out of it. So I'm like, bro, I want to do it, but my, wait, the way my principles are set up, I can't. I'm going to use that in new mom season. My principles are saying, no. The way my principles are set up, man, I can't do it. You know what I mean? Maybe next season my principles might change. But that, that's helped protect my energy and protect, and protect my soul in journeys where, you know, it's so easy to say yes to everything. Yeah. So a lot of things, ha oh, God, you have had a lot happen in the last few years. Yeah. And really, really tough stuff, even in the last week. Mm -hmm. Um. How do you support yourself and what advice would you give to these women here that are in something really, really tough? Yeah, so hmm. I would give you, I always like to have like quotes for me to, to remind me. So the quote that I always tell myself when I'm in a tough season is that it could be worse and it will get better. And I always tell myself that because things change Nothing lasts forever. But when I'm in that season, it's so hard to believe those words. I'm like, okay, it needs to get better now, right? It's important. Y'all know this. I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but it's important to have people around you that support you. It's important to have your 2 a.m.s for real, for real. The people that you can call. Actually, the people that even know some, that know some. I have people in my life that I could be like, I'm good, Trent. Nah, I know you. And so it's good to have that support system. If you don't have the people around you, Find communities like this. 
where you can open up because the thing that you don't want to do, see, depression hard times tells us to isolate. It says go internal and isolate because you don't want to burden people. People might not care about you. You can't trust people because they might spread your business. So I'm just going to keep things to myself. And that's the worst thing that you can do. So I've learned how to vocalize my pain. So I do that in my podcast a lot. I do it in my videos a lot. Some of y'all think I'm talking to y'all, but I'm really talking to me. So that's helped me give me that outlet to know it's okay to not be okay. And your season's going to change. Have you seen the storm that lasts forever? You have? Where you live at? Seattle? <laughs> nope, she has not. <laughs> oh, okay. No storm lasts forever. And the thing that shifts my mindset in, in hard times, I try not to give labels to things because honestly, the hardest times built my strongest faith. The hardest time built my best life. And I know the storm is just as purposeful as the sunshine. So I've learned, and as hard as it is, like even with my mother dying and everybody, like, how are you? Yes, I cried a lot, but I also knew the storm helped me gain more perspective in my life. So now I'm so locked in on spending time with what matters and who matters. So just know that the storm can, is, can grow your life too. So learn how to dance in the rain. Dance in the rain. Because you know it's growing. You was growing something inside of you. So good. So for someone right now that had a big dream. I think it's really applicable with your football career, right? Of like, you think this is the thing that I'm going to do. They're set on this. Or maybe even some people right now that are in a career where they've gotten to this place and they thought it was going to go a certain way and it doesn't. Um, How did you navigate that? Because obviously looking back, it's easier to see how the like dots all connected. But when you're in it and it feels like really shitty, how did you navigate that? Yeah. You got to, I want to say congratulations to everybody who got closed doors in their life. Like, seriously, like, I know it feels wrong, but like, like, yeah, congratulations, like, for real. Because what you don't understand, I believe everything is for your protection of your purpose. You might not understand it now why these doors close, why this person said no, why things aren't working out until you get to a place where you're like, oh, snaps, those things couldn't work out, so this can work out. So when I get no, when I get closed doors, I'm like, cool, I start smiling because I understand that that's not meant for my life. So the perspective with me is saying, okay, cool. This opportunity that I want is something that I want, but maybe it's not something that I need. So I'm going to keep going. And that's the truth, y'all. You got to keep going at your mile markers and journeys. I mean, in life, when you come across traffic, you keep driving to work, right? You go through potholes, you don't stop and say, oh, I went through a pothole, unless you get a flat. You change your flat, you don't go back home. The journey of life is going to be bumpy. It's going to have potholes, ditches, traffic. But you got to keep driving. And as you keep driving... You realize like, oh, snaps, I had to go through all of that to be able to live the life that was meant for me. And I know it's easier said than done, but you got to have a why. I know this is so overused in personal development, but it's true. A deep-rooted commitment of why you're doing what you do. And it can't be anything external. It can't be money. It can't be followers. Trust me, I have 16 million on, on social media. And those 16 million, it's called... Um, Hedonic adaptation, and this is a, my nerdy self, but basically what y'all know is, what, what, hedonic adaptation, has anybody ever had a purse in here that you really loved and you bought? So y'all had no purses that you love? Raise your hand. Oh, my bad. Raise your hand. I'm sorry. I didn't give y'all the cue. Okay, cool. Now, for some of you, how many of you right now, that purse is somewhere in the closet collecting dust? Right? When you first got that purse, you're like, I'm taking care of this purse. Nothing's going to touch it. Do not put my purse on the ground. Right? All the things. (laughs) 
But now, like, you don't even put certain things in your purse. Like, wife, you're like, oh, you put gum in here? No, it doesn't go. I'm like, it's in wrap. But it's funny because some call it a donut adaptation. And what it means is simply this. You're going to get used to it. Right? You're going to get used to it. So when you get to the thing that you think is going to be great, you're going to get used to the, the bank account. You're going to get used to the follower account. You're going to get used to the notoriety. And it's not going to hit the same. Because as humans, we're really not moved by that. We think we are. So when you get used to it, what's going to keep you going? And so for me, it was my commitment to my best friend that committed suicide. So I can't stop. It's not, even if I wanted to, it was a promise that I made to him, a commitment that I made to him. So what's that deep-rooted reason for you that's going to keep you going despite, despite the fear? Some of you are being controlled by fear. And I always say, it's not the fear that's controlling you. It's not the fear that's great enough because it's just the purpose isn't strong enough yet. Because some of y'all mama bears in here, it could be something outside about to attack your kid, a lion, a bear, whatever it may be. And you will go outside with no second, right? Right? That's going to be you, right? Yeah, I can't wait. Come here, bear, right? I know, I know you got some properties in the hill, right? You might even run across one, right? <laughs> Sasquatch. You're going to be like... <laughs> Come here. But it's because, and, and I just want to say this, like, when the, when the, when the, when the reason, the, the why, whatever you want to use, is real enough, strong enough, the fear will never be, you will go through it every single time. So if fear is stopping you, if the fear of opinions, the fear of failure is stopping you, it's because that thing isn't deep enough for you. So deepen the commitment, and you'll have more perseverance and endurance on your journey. So real. So the other fear I feel comes up often is the fear of other people watching us start small. So can you please speak to your first speaking appearance and how that went? Because now you're literally just like, you grab the mic and I'm like, this is all phenomenal. Um, But at first you probably really sucked, right? Yeah, for sure. (laughs) I didn't think that at the time though. I was like, they got killed that, right? Like... I hope you're loving this conversation with Trent. I told you it was really juicy, right? Like we're going to get right back into it. But I did want to make sure I reiterated, we just launched our YouTube channel for this podcast. You can check it out if you go to Keisha Get Mary on YouTube or check the show note for the links. But what's so cool is it's so awesome to have a podcast, like an audio platform that you can take anywhere. Like I don't know where you are in the world right now listening into this episode, but it's also really fun to get to watch things. Like it's like a talk show, this episode. And you get to see Trent and I sitting next to each other on a couch and like parts of the episode are so fiery and juicy as you're listening into, but you'll also get to see some parts where we're laughing so hard. And I think there's something about getting to physically watch something that really takes it to the next level. So if you want to check it out, head over to YouTube. And what's cool because we just launched this YouTube channel is anyone that's a subscriber of the YouTube channel. So make sure you click the button subscribe who also shares this episode either on Instagram stories or you head over to the video reel that I posted on my Instagram page and share a takeaway. We're picking $100 gift card winners just to celebrate the YouTube launch and all of your support of the show. So go check out YouTube if you haven't yet. Subscribe and feel free to share your takeaways. Now let's get back into the juice. But I look back and I, I, I'll show people these things. Even at my events, sometimes I'll show like my very first YouTube and I'm like cringing, but I'm also, I'm also proud of that trend. Because that dude started, just he started. Like, I'm more proud of him than I'm probably proud of myself now because I started. My very first speaking engagement was at a church. Um, 
I didn't want to do it. Like, I never set out to be a speaker, y'all. I'm an introvert by nature. I know it's hard to believe when you experience me in this environment, but I'm an introvert by nature. And I didn't want to do it. Actually, I wanted to be a rapper. That's probably why I rhyme when I talk. <laughs> but my friend said, I see, some, I see some of you out that, I see some of you you don't see in yourself. And he asked me to speak at a church. So number one, I was like, dang, I got to be perfect. I'm in a church. Oh, man, how I'm living? I don't know. And he said, nah. He's like, these kids, and he's, I said, kids? Oh, definitely not. <laughs> no. Teenagers, oh, y'all know I didn't know. I'm about to be embarrassed in my first speech and be the, feel like I'm the most uninteresting person on the planet because kids asleep, they on their phone. And he said, you got some inside of you. So anyways, I prepared the whole night before for this speech. And I'm literally writing it down like a, like a rap verse. And I said, okay. I said, how long I got? He's like, five minutes. I'm like, oh, no, nah, I can't do five minutes. That's too long. I said, I, I just started making rehab videos. I said, you've seen the videos. They're like two minutes long. That's all I can give you, bro. Two minutes. He said, you'll be all right. So I prepared the whole night before. I write down this, this epic speech about football. I was like, I'm just talking about Peyton Manning and football, and they'll be interested in that. So I write down this speech about football. I get to the venue. I got the BGs. I know it's TMI, but I get to the venue. I'm nervous backstage. I'm so What? The, B, the BGs. You know what they that is? To, they give the poop? Yeah, you don't have to say oh. that. Oh, <laughs> Okay, I was just clarifying. <laughs> yes, I had to... Um, Poop. Okay. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, yeah, I had to do that. And, uh, <laughs> oh, man. And so I get to the stage, and my friend, he's like, you nervous? And I'm like, bro, yes, I am. He's like, man, don't worry about it. You do great. I get to the microphone, and I grab it. I'm like, okay, what's the first line? And I literally forget. And all I see is like a room like, there's actually 2,000 kids just staring at me. And in that moment, I gave, and this is what I want to give to y'all. I gave myself permission for two things. I gave myself permission to not be perfect. So just be yourself. And I gave myself permission to follow my heart. And when people ask, like, oh, how, do you, how are you such a heart speaker? And, and just because it was those moments that I, I trusted myself. And obviously that speaking engagement was okay, but that was a speaking engagement that actually got me out of playing football and actually where I surrendered my life to my purpose, and I haven't looked back since that day. So, again, go be embarrassed, go start small. Everybody start small. Even my own events, it would be just this road, be my families and my friends. Like, my own events, they show up and they felt sorry for me. But you know what? I kept showing up because if, if numbers are controlling, I'm going to just keep it real with y'all. If numbers are controlling how you show up, then it probably ain't real enough for you. I'm just keeping it real with you. If you go live and three people show up, you're like, oh, only three people showed up. Man, that's three people that you have a chance to impact because those three people turn to six, six turn to 12, 12 turn into 100. Keep showing up. Stop comparing your life to some even facade on social media that you look at. Like, oh, I want to be like that person. And you didn't even realize that I'm not going to get into that, but just be yourself in your journey and show up regardless. So on that, like being yourself, um, when you first started speaking on stages like this, it was you like showing up. A lot of people were dressed differently than you, have different like just ways that they communicate. How did you step into just owning it? Because there are women in this room that need to hear like them being them is actually the secret sauce and they need to actually own it. So how? Yeah. So it was, I'll tell you what it was. I wore a suit one time. 
<laughs> oh, <laughs> <One> interesting. <laughs> I always say I'm wearing a suit on my wedding day and my probably not even my death day. Like I was like, bury me in some J's, right? Whatever. But I, I, I wore a suit. And, you know, I wear suits at times, too. Like, I'm not saying I don't wear it, but I just felt uncomfortable. I didn't feel like me. I felt like I was trying to please, be a professional people pleaser, and trying to fit in when I was born to stand out just like you. And I realized I had a choice. Either I can follow a culture that's not necessarily for me, or I can shift the culture, and I can inspire people to lead a, to lead a path for somebody else. And so I realized this truth. Nobody can beat me at being me. And it is too damn hard to be somebody else. You ever try to be somebody else? It's too hard. So I'm like, this is too hard to talk like this, sound like this, and do these things like this teacher. And it's incredible that they do it. But I'm like, that's not me. And the more I've walked into who I am and trusted myself, what you're seeing on stage with us, whoever comes on the stage, all you're seeing is somebody trusting themselves. That's it. You're giving yourself permission that no matter how it goes, you can talk about poop on stage, right? No matter how it goes... You're trusting yourself. And so I learned how to do that more and more, and I realized, like, I want you all to know that nobody can beat you at being you. You're a professional at yourself, and when you really tap into that, you create, I don't know scientifically what it is, but you create a connection, an energy that people feel. With Keisha, don't y'all feel like, y'all feel it, right? On stage, you're like, man, this is so real and powerful. Y'all feel that. It's because she's tapping into the deepest version of herself that's real and that's true and that's honest, and she's not afraid to be that person. Thank you. So the final thing I want to ask is to the woman right now who has an idea on her heart and maybe it's like, for me, it's always very visceral, like in my stomach of like this thing that I want to do and she's holding herself back, but this is the weekend where she's like, I'm doing the damn thing and she needs like a little Trent, just whatever flows out of you. She just needs like a little like kick in the butt from you. So you, can you give her that right now? All right. Um... I would just say this is what I tell myself. What is it costing you not to show up? And some of you don't understand. And when I talk about consistency, the reason we're consistent to certain things that we don't like, like the job, we understand what it's costing us if we don't show up to that job. So it costs us a paycheck, costs us a house. We understand vividly school, I'm gonna fail out, I'm gonna be truant. You don't understand what it's costing you to not show up. So it's either one or two things for you. Either it's not that real for you, which I doubt. Or again, you don't understand what it's costing you not to show up. Put a price tag on it. When I say know your worth, understand what you're worth. Understand what it's worth. So for you not showing up, because some of us, we haven't experienced the thing yet, so we don't realize, oh, if I don't show up this week, it's okay. But you understand if you don't pay your bills this week, what's going to happen, right? So you consistently pay that. So when it comes to your life and the bill you need to pay on your purpose in your life every single day, what is it going to cost you if you don't show up? And I want to tell you right now, it's going to cost you something that you can't even imagine. There's people, man, there's somebody that you don't even know that's waiting on you, that needs you. They don't need Keisha. They don't need Trent. They don't need Lori, Natalie, anybody who's speaking. They don't need, they need you. And they're waiting on you to answer the call. I know you've been sending it to voicemail because you ain't ready. But it's time for you to pick that phone up, walk in your greatness, and go live the life that was meant for you. Because if you don't do it, somebody else will. That's what I would say. Oh, Trent Shelton, everybody. Thank you. 
you so much for listening in. If you love this episode, it would mean so much to me if you shared it with a girlfriend. Like, send it to her right now. Or post it on social media and tag me so I can personally thank you for helping me get the message out. I am so freaking grateful to be on this journey with you, girl. So until next time, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you.